Welcome back to the Sower Seeds Podcast with John Straza, a teaching ministry that will firmly root you in the gospel of God's truth and love. And now, here's John. Hey, welcome. This is John Straza, and this is the Sower Seeds Podcast. This episode is called The Tides Are Turning, and this is a part one because I think we're going to do two parts, but the tides are turning, and the purpose of this this whole thing today and and really in general is to encourage you because we're living in a time that is really crazy. So um, before I I go on with this one, I just wanted to say we do have some exciting things coming along. We're actually going to start doing some e-classes. And um, one of them that I'm building and it's going to take a little time to get done is on the book of Romans. I think that the most important message that we can understand as a church and as a people is the gospel and and Romans is a great place to go to to learn that. So we're going to do a class so you can master uh, the gospel. And that's what that's going to be about. And we're also going to do a very small mini e-course on Bible translations for those of you who just want to understand better what kind of Bible should I be using? You know, what translation, the King James or New King James or the message or this or that. So we're going to get into that. It'll be a a simple short class and kind of fun as well. So Back to this message, the tides are turning. The Lord put it on my heart to get into Isaiah 27. And I'm not going to read all of it. It's actually fairly short. It's only 13 verses or so. Some of it is symbolic. And it's going from, we see mercy. We actually see some punishment in there. We see back to mercy. We see promises. And the Lord is speaking to Israel. He's saying that he's going to punish the enemy. He's going to punish the spiritual enemy. I'll show you that in a minute. And he says also that he's going to correct Israel. That's really important because some of what I want to talk about today is what's going on in the church. And then you have this promise. Uh, it, It ends with a promise. So I'm just going to read some of the verses. I'm not going to read all of it. And I'm just going to follow the Lord here as always. But again, be ready to be encouraged. We're going through a time where we really got to focus on the Lord here. And this is worldwide. This is not just the United States. I know a lot is going on in our country. And we'll talk a little bit about that as well. But this is worldwide. Uh, We have international listeners, and God bless you for listening. Thank you for listening. Uh, We're so happy to have you. We live in a time where it's critical to walk closely with the Lord. That's really the main thing here. Walk closely with Jesus. More than ever, pray more than ever. Reach out to the Lord more than ever. Walk in the righteousness that he's given you. And don't fall into sin. It's just not, it's not wise. It never is. And so I want to encourage you, um, starting off with this, uh, this verse in Isaiah 27. And I'm not going to teach too deeply into this uh, chapter. I'm just going to go over some things quickly and just follow through here. In Isaiah 27, it starts out by saying, In that day the Lord will punish Leviathan, the fleeing serpent. This is a demonic spirit he's talking about, with his fierce and great and mighty sword. That's talking about the Lord's fierce, great and mighty sword. That's his word. And he's saying, even Leviathan, the twisted serpent, that's who the Lord is going to punish. And he will kill the dragon who lives in the sea. So we see that the Lord is going to defend us. 
And we see a lot of horrible activity going on in the world today. Violence. This is demonic. And this is why I was saying, this is our time to be praying like never before. And in verse 2, it says, In that day, a vineyard of wine, sing of it. The Lord is telling us to rejoice, to see that this vineyard, this is where we are. We are his vineyard. And he says, I, the Lord, am its keeper. I water it every moment so that no one will damage it. I guard it day and night. These first three verses are about the Lord defending us, keeping us, and punishing this demonic activity that's going on in the world. And I really believe that's why the Lord is saying the tides are turning. They are. I see it slowly. It's frustrating to watch what's going on in the United States. But as the church and people of God are praying, we see justice slowly turning. And it's not just about that either. There's more than that. But it's very important what's going on in this nation right now. And it's really time to pray and keep praying and keep supporting. But here, this beautiful verse just came to me and I said, this just, this looks like today. This enemy is just disgusting what's going on. And the Lord is saying, I'm going to punish him. I'm going to cut him down. Um, I'm just going to go straight to the end here in verse 12. In that day, the Lord will start his threshing from the flowing stream of the Euphrates to the brook of Egypt. And you will be gathered up one by one, O sons of Israel. And it will come about also in that day that a great trumpet will be blown. And those who were perishing in the land of Assyria and who were scattered in the land of Egypt will come and worship the Lord in the holy mountain at Jerusalem. For us today, this is symbolic. The holy mountain of Jerusalem really is the Jerusalem of God. It's us, his church. It's a spiritual Jerusalem. And the Lord is waking up his people. He is. The trouble that's going on today has caused an awakening. It really has. And one by one, we see it. People are waking up. Some people are going out and they're starting to preach the gospel on the streets, whether people allow them to or not. We haven't seen this in a while. People are praying day and night. People are abandoning religion and embracing a relationship with Jesus that's become more personal. They're reading their Bibles. They're searching. And there's a lot of people who are worried and they're afraid. And I, and I see that. We all see that. We watch what's going on in the news and that's confusing and frustrating. I think America's heart in many ways is frustrated with a lack of justice. But something is going on in the church. The tide is turning. And one of the places where it's going to turn and is turning and will continue to turn is that we will see an opening window of revelation and revival throughout America and throughout the entire world. Nations, full nations, will see revivals. And that's, that's going to happen. And it's happening right now. And this is one of the great encouragements and great things that's going on. And what the Lord was showing me, what I was thinking about this message was two lions, two one is real and one is false. And all of us know that scripture. It says uh, in 1 Peter 5, 8, I'll read it to you. Peter is writing to the church and he's saying, Be sober 
And this is what I'm saying here too. Be sober and watch. That means to pray. Keep your eyes open. This isn't a time to be running around fiddling with sin and, you know, what you can get away with or not. That this is, you just can't be there. You just can't. And I'll get into a scripture about that in Hebrews in a minute. But Peter is saying this, be sober and watch. It means wake up and keep your eyes open. For your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour, whom resist steadfast in the faith. Now I could stop right there, but I do want to just add to it that Peter went on to say, remembering that your brothers and sisters throughout the world are going through the same things you're going through. That's important. You're not alone. And Satan here is being depicted as a lion who's walking about roaring. That's what we're seeing in our nation because what's on the table is the gospel. That's what's on the table. And what's going on as a nation is freedom or bondage. Will you be able to elect a president or somebody freely and, and trust that your vote mattered? If you can't trust that, then you don't have a nation. And that's partly what's on the table. And in a grander scheme, it's the gospel is what's on the table and the freedom to preach the gospel. But what I see out there is God's people are going to go out and preach the gospel no matter what. And we've entered into that age. We've entered into that time. So here we have Peter saying that the devil's walking around seeking whom he may devour. But he's saying, resist him in the faith. Say no. You put your hand up and say, no, I resist you. I resist what you're doing. I resist you trying to destroy my life. I resist you trying to destroy my community. And I resist you trying to destroy my nation. But then this beautiful scripture came up. As I was thinking about this, it's in Revelations 5 and 5. And a lot of people refer to Jesus as the Lion of Judah or the Lion of the tribe of Judah. And it's right there. I'll read it. I'm reading this out of context. In Revelations 5, God the Father is sitting on a throne with a scroll in his hands that has been sealed with seven seals. And it was seen that nobody in heaven and nobody in earth and nobody below the earth was worthy of opening this scroll, taking the seals off and opening the scroll. And John, in this revelation, starts crying and weeping because no one was worthy. But then, verse 5, it says, But one of the 24 elders who were in the presence of God said to me, John was writing this, Stop weeping. Look, the lion of the tribe of Judah the heir to David's throne, has won the victory. He is worthy to open the scroll and its seven seals. And the point I want to bring out here is that Jesus is usually depicted as a lamb that was slain. And he was even in the next verse. Verse 6 shows Jesus as a lamb that was slain. But verse 5 is showing him also as a lion. He's the king. This is where your encouragement is. And I hope you've stayed with me here. I've, I've had to move around a little bit here, but this is where your encouragement is. This belongs to you. Jesus is the lion of Judah. He's the king of these nations. And he's going to roar because that's what lions do. 
So Satan can go about roaring all he wants. We have the authority to resist him. That's our God-given authority. Imagine Satan looking at Jesus as a lion and how that's going to be. He's terrified. He's terrified of you, but he's totally terrified of Jesus. The tides are turning and a roar is already going out. And I suspect an even greater roar coming from Jesus is going to happen. What it will look like, I don't know. I'm I'm excited to see. But I think part of it is going to be the voice of the people of God will roar like they never have before. And they will sing like they've never sung before. And they will pray for justice and righteousness like they never have before. And they will be a people of tremendous strength. We will be a people of tremendous power and strength like we never have before. And we will start to look more like the first church and less like the church of the last several decades where we've been pretty much asleep. We're waking up. And brothers and sisters, in the fact that revival is coming and is here, it's right on our doorstep, meaning that the gospel of Jesus Christ will be proclaimed throughout this entire nation and throughout this entire world in a way that it hasn't been. We too, as a people, now this may not seem so exciting to you, but we too, as a people, I want to read this to you in Hebrews. This is so important. We will go through a proper discipline because God loves us as a father. And we have our little areas, in some cases, big areas of problems. And he wants to to discipline us. And that's a good thing. It's not a bad thing. And it does not come with condemnation. The discipline that God gives us is, is one, is through his word. He does not strike people with sickness to teach them a lesson. It's his word. Number two, it's always to bring about a good result in your life. Always. Whoever wrote Hebrews starts out chapter 12 by saying this, Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. And we do that by what he continues to say, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who himself, for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. What the writer is saying is sin easily besets us. It throws us off. And if you do fall, you have an advocate with the Father. He forgives you. It's, you're forgiven right away. He is your Father. If you do something wrong, He's not suddenly not your Father. He is your Father. He will help you. But the writer goes on in verse 5, and this is the part some people don't like that much. And it's verse 5 in chapter 12. And you have forgotten the exhortation which speaks to you as to sons. My son... Do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor be discouraged. See that? When you are rebuked by him, for whom the Lord loves, he chastens and scourges every son whom he receives. If you endure chastening, God deals with you as with sons. For what son is there that the father doesn't chasten? 
And in verse 11, um, he says, all discipline for the moment seems not to be joyful, but sorrowful. Yet to those who have been trained by it, afterwards it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness. And I'm sure some are saying, I thought you said this was supposed to encourage us today. (laughs) It is. And I have to tell you, if you're walking in your life and there's something that the Lord sees that needs straightening out and tweaking and changing, let him. You'll just be all the better for it. And you'll walk with more joy and blessing than you've ever known. You know, I was thinking, I won't go into too much detail here, but discipline is something that most of us embrace who want to do something well. My sister, when I was younger, was a ballerina. And she was quite good. And her schooling and the classes were, they were really strict. And she was good enough to be sent to the Royal Ballet in London. Not too many people can say that. And you, you see that these young, 90-pound young girls are, are being trained and they're learning to do all the things that they have to do. And the discipline is incredible. And the strength that they acquire is incredible. And I kid you not, you could have a, an 85-pound young girl kick some football player, and I guarantee you it'll go right up in the air and land three or four or five feet away. That's how powerful those young dancers are. And it was because of discipline, very strict discipline. What I'm saying is that kind of discipline created incredible strength in somebody who you would otherwise look at and say had no strength at all. And that's like us. Somebody will look at us and say, well, what are they made of? But if you are disciplined in Christ and, and you have his word in you, you're made of something very, very strong. And that's what the Lord wants for you and me. You may say, I'm not brave. I'm not strong yet. Well, neither am I. I'm not special. I'm not smart. I'm not, well, neither am I. And we are precisely the kind of people that God calls to strengthen and enable. Look at Peter and James and John. I mean, what did they have really to offer the world uh, to change the entire world? When they met Jesus and he gave them his word and filled them with his presence and with his Holy Spirit, they did change the entire world. And very quickly, it's happening again today. It's happening again today. So with the Lord's discipline, don't be discouraged. It says it here, don't be discouraged. And that's not all the Lord's going to do. He's going to show you some things that will make you just jump for joy. This is your moment. I think that's what God is saying. You've wondered, where is God and what is he doing in my life? And, And why am I here on this earth? This is your moment. This is my moment. We're all in this together. This is our moment. I want to encourage you. The Lord wants you encouraged and just just ready to go. Seek him like you've never sought him before. Get in his word like you've never been in it before. Get a closeness in your relationship with the Lord like you've never had it before. It, it, It will just bless you. It'll bless you. I know that it will. And I wanted to close too that you remember, because I think sometimes when we talk about the chastening of the Lord, people get a sense of condemnation. I want to assure you, there is no condemnation when it comes to God's correcting and teaching and even chastening us. There isn't. You're a son. You're a daughter. There's no harm here. 
He doesn't do that. God didn't send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him would be saved. Everything God does with you as a son or a daughter is about salvation. It's always about the better. Again, if you want to be a great tennis player, if you want to be a great guitar player, a great piano player, if you want to do math great, or if you want to be a great engineer, you've got to get trained and corrected and and altered. And somebody's got to say, no, that's not how this is done. This is how it's done. It's, It's the way we do anything that we do well. It's the same thing with our walk in the Lord. And he's good and he's kind and he's gentle. And if you see something condemning in your life, just push it aside. God is not going to condemn you. Period. End of story. Not going to happen. It's not him. And if you see something that's a little bit difficult about yourself, that you're like, oh my goodness, that's all right. God's not condemning you, and he's just trying to help you. Just thank him for his goodness. He's always there. He loves you. And I want to finish today. I know I've gone through a lot, but I want to close today simply by encouraging you to continue praying specifically in our nation, that you would pray for this president, Trump, that you would pray for those who are fighting to keep our nation free, those who are working hard to do that. Pray for the church to continue to rise up and be bold and be strong and to be a praying people, first and foremost. That's the main thing. And pray that we as a nation, not only here, but in other nations, see justice and freedom. That's God's way. So I want to encourage you again that God is with you. He's not against you. And I think what he's saying, you know, if I was to conclude, what what is the Lord saying here in all of this? I'll go back to what I said before. This is your moment. This is your time. I hear people saying, for such a time as this. I was made for such a time as this. That's true. And you're part of it. You're prayers matter. They do. They matter. No matter what it is we're going through. You've got corona things. You've got political things. We've got persecution of the church. It's become severe in some nations. This is our time. We're waking up. It's a call to wake up. It's a sounding of an alarm. Yes, but it's with tremendous victory. I'll read the last verse of Isaiah 27. Again, verse 12, because I think this concludes what we're trying to say. In that day, the Lord will start threshing from the flowing stream of the Euphrates to the brook of Egypt. And you will be gathered up one by one. Basically, he's saying he's gathering his people. You will be gathered up one by one, O sons of Israel. And that means sons and daughters. That's you. And it will come about also in that day that a great trumpet will sound and be blown. And that trumpet has been this alarm to awaken. And because of it, look at what happens. And those who are perishing in the land of Assyria and who were scattered in the land of Egypt, they will come and worship the Lord in the holy mountain at Jerusalem. That's what's going on right now. Brothers and sisters, I'm going to leave it there. This is to encourage you. Never be discouraged in the Lord. Just be encouraged. Look to him like never before. And I believe we're going to come back with probably a part two. And if not, that's okay. We'll go on to whatever the Lord has for us. But God bless you. Thank you for being with us here today. And we will see you next week.